From the offices of Courtney Dehoff, a.k.a. her apartment in Dallas, the cowgirl-turned-television host brings you the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. This podcast is where country and city living collide. Cowgirl Problems is dedicated to anyone who is trying to figure out what the heck they're doing with their life. It's for the cowgirls, cowboys, entertainers, and everyday hustlers sorting through all of life's problems. Buckle up, here goes nothing. Well, welcome to another episode of the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. I have a cowgirl joining me on the podcast today. It took me three days to get my nerve up to ask her to join because I just think she is the coolest. In fact, I want to read a portion of her bio. Uh, This cowgirl is a Dolly Parton lover. She says Dolly Parton is her queen. The only time she likes mornings is when she's waking up in Paris, amen sister. She believes there are three things you can never say too often, and those are please, thank you, I love you. She is a rodeo cowboy's wife. She is a mama to three amazing little boys, a business owner, and a woman that's never eaten a salad. I would also like to add something that I don't actually see in her bio. She has underwear on for uh, chandelier. And I just <laughs> I just think she's the coolest. Ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay Branquino is joining me. Lindsay, how are you? I'm good. That's the best introduction I've ever gotten to anything. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just speaking the truth with the people. Okay, <laughs> first things first, how are things in California? What a wild time to be alive. Are you are you freaking out? I'm 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 having a moment today, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I am usually like a freaker outer, generally speaking in life. And I'm I was having a conversation with a friend just the other day that I am not freaking out as much as I uh, had anticipated I would be, actually. I love that. That's, that's, that's good to hear. Now, I, <laughs> I have to ask, so your, um, Lindsay, your home dynamic has changed a little bit because your husband, Luke, I assume is home, which is not yeah. the case. He's a professional rodeo athlete, you know, the, the five-time world champion steer wrestler, but I digress. This podcast is not about him because it's a little joke before I start recording. I think you're the cooler of the half. Um, but what's it like? What's it like having Luke and the boys and just every one at home. Yeah, I mean, that really is the truth. Our family dynamic, like you said, hasn't changed just a little bit. It's done like a full 180. Things um, are really different for us right now. In fact, you know, we've got three boys, all of them, including the littlest who's in preschool, are at school all the time. So right now they're home. So we are living life in a different way than we ever have, which I know is something that pretty much everyone in the country is experiencing right now in their own ways. Um, And then just having Luke here, the boys aren't used to having him home like this, especially um, when they're out of school. And, and we're all just kind of getting used to this new normal, which I've kind of grown to, to not cringe at that expression a little bit new normal, but there's really no other way to put it, you know, we're all just kind of I guess going with the flow, I, right? Isn't that what everybody's doing right now? You're just trying to kind of figure out what, what your world looks like right now. And we're no different. So in some ways, it's kind of nice that we get to um, spend all this time with Luke that we don't usually get to have with him. Uh, and then you're, you're kind of snapped out of it a little bit when you have to stop and remember why that's happening. So it's a real kind of 
I guess, you know, up and down all the time. You're happy he's home and then just kind of sobering that all of this stuff is going on in the world. But but for the most part, we're trying to make the best of it and, and just enjoying time as a family um, and really getting to soak up our time with each other. Oh, I love that. And I love following you. Um, I think I discovered you on Instagram. I love following you on Instagram because it's just, it's always something fun. You guys just like, I want to be a part of the Ranquino family. You just look like you're always having so much fun. Is there anything, okay, so Luke's home. Is there anything that you have like discovered about him or that you thought that you you think, wow, I didn't know that you did that? Because I mean, he's really <laughs> not there. I mean, he's on the road so many days a year. Is there just anything that you're like, oh, didn't, didn't see that coming? Cause you've been married a long time. We have been married a long time. You know, we've been married for about 15 and a half years now. So it's been a while. We, we know a lot about each other. Um, I wouldn't, well, today I got to find out that he's really kind of awful at giving little boys haircuts. Oh, no. um, so <laughs> that was a new discovery for me. Um, you know, I don't know. I think because we've been together so long and we've weathered so many different seasons of life together, you know, we, uh, when we were engaged and met uh, and were first married, we rodeoed together. And there is no way to get to know somebody quite as well as you get to know them when you're living in, you know, 50 square feet of a living quarters trailer. So uh, I think it's just um, more that we're discovering how much fun we have together as a family. Um, and just really kind of learning to enjoy very small pleasures. And uh, I don't know, I think he and I together are learning more about our kids than we ever have. I like that small pleasures, learning to enjoy the small pleasures. I think that's so crucial just for everyone right now, you know, because we're sort of being forced to, right? To sort of step back and just yeah. enjoy the small things. Well, okay. You mentioned it. You rodeoed and hauled with Luke. You are a cowgirl in your own right. So I want to know, <laughs> I want to know the Lindsay Branquino story, you know, sort of talk to me a little bit about your, your upbringing and, and your, your rodeo <laughs> endeavors and just sort of um, introduce yourself uh, to the people. <laughs> um, I did, which I think is something that for a long time people didn't really know about me because my life had since taken a different path. But I grew up in Arizona. I had, you know, I've got two sisters out there that um, my dad, we were always involved in rodeo with horses, with animals, you know, 4-H, raising sheep, showing sheep, things like that. So I grew up in and around the Western industry. Um, and that kind of lifestyle. But my dad owned a, a real estate company that he focused on agricultural real estate. So we didn't live out on the ranch. We kind of lived more in town with him. But horses, from the time I can remember, I was just obsessed, as so many little girls are, right, with horses. And um, loved riding, started junior rodeoing when, gosh, I was probably nine or so. And I would go to any and every Brow Race, Jim Canna, Junior Rodeo that my dad would take me to. And bless his heart, he took me to a lot of them. He would drive me all around the state um, just going to these things. So that continued through high school. 
and then um, I started college rodeoing after high school and I quickly found out that for me because I didn't go I was living down in Scottsdale I wasn't at a big one of these big junior colleges or colleges that have massive rodeo teams and I found college rodeo personally to be a little bit more party than I um, was into yes. at the time. <laughs> and so after my first semester of college, I decided that I wanted to really take it seriously full time. My dad, again, just, he was, he was so amazing and so supportive always. I told him, I wanted to quit school and go professional rodeo full-time and he gave me his full blessing and support just threw it behind me i threw the horses in the trailer and took off after the first of the year so i started ro um, professional rodeoing full-time you know barrel racing had some great horses and it was really only about gosh five or six months into that that i met luke <laughs> So, uh, you know, the, I guess kind of the rest is history. We um, met and we got married within about a year and a half. We were on the fast track and we were so young, uh, which I think back on it now. And I'm sort of like, if um, now being a parent, I think, you know, if my son was 19 or maybe 20, and said, you know, mom, I met a girl and we're going to get married. You, you've never met her, but I promise she's great. <laughs> we're going to get married. Um, I'm not so sure what I would say. And my dad was just, you know, I guess both my, both my parents really were. My dad was so much more involved with the rodeo aspect of my life. Uh, but they just, Luke is one of those people that, you know, I hate to admit, but you really can't help but to love him. Mm -hmm. And so he won my family over quickly. Uh, we got married in 2004, and it was we got married on uh, thanks the weekend after Thanksgiving, and we left about four days after our wedding to head out to Vegas for the NFR, and that was the year that Luke won his first world title. So it was quite a honeymoon <laughs> for us. We were really, uh, like I said, really young, and we kind of shot straight to the top and then it was about six months later um that luke tore his pec from the bone Ugh. and had to have it reattached so we crashed pretty hard as newlyweds about six months in and got a real reality check oh gosh just the the thought of that and that's a fairly common <laughs> injury isn't it i feel like in steer wrestlers you know, I, lindsaybrainquino.com, I've been sort of perusing through that. And again, I just sort of like discovered you on, you know, Instagram and I love reading your, your blogs. You know, you have your family, your home section, um, the companion paths. I love hearing the, <laughs> the stories about you and Luke, the one that I just read the other day, he was somewhere with like the Dallas kid with the cheerleaders or something and you uh. surfing in the house. Oh my gosh. I just, I encourage everyone to go and listen because I, I love that. And you're such a great writer. So I have to ask, how did the sort of storytelling aspect um, come to be? Because you write about so many great things and it's just funny and it's relatable. And I think that that's what really draws people to both you and Luke. Thank you. Um, you know, I've always loved writing. I've always really loved reading. Um, and I think that, you know, living in California, we don't live in a huge rodeo community. 
there are other families around that definitely have kids with junior rodeo or there's some people here and there that rodeo, but it's not like living somewhere like Texas or Oklahoma where that is, you know, kind of the home base for so many of these guys that are rodeoing on the same level that Luke is. So, so many of the people like in our immediate circles don't know anything about rodeo. It's a completely foreign lifestyle and concept to them. Um, I know in one of my posts to talk about how I meet somebody and if they ask what my husband does, <laughs> I say that, I mean, there's no kind of great answer to that. I say he's a cowboy and they picture like the Marlboro man, or right. I say he's a steer wrestler and it's like, you're speaking gibberish. Like nobody knows what these things are. It always sounds kind of made up to them. So I always sort of like, what is the best answer here? Because no matter what you say, it's going to require an explanation. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was kind of just a way like me thinking, I think when you grow up in a world that's kind of insulated, like the rodeo or Western world is a little bit, um, you don't realize how foreign that world is to so many people in America. And so I started realizing and talking more to people and their questions. And then when you start explaining it to them, like how intrigued they are by it. Um, And so it was just kind of, I saw it as a way to start telling kind of those stories or more about us to either people that are fans of rodeo, but don't know kind of all the behind the scenes and would like to learn, or people who are like, what is this all about? I know nothing, tell me everything. So it was just, I think that their rodeo is this like great world of untapped stories. When you start telling those stories or you know, every cowboy has great rodeo stories. And half the time, it's one of those things like the truth is better than fiction, right? You can't make this stuff up, some of (laughs) the things that happen to these guys. And um, I had the privilege of growing up around that, of still living in it, of being immersed in it, and then being able to see it enough from an outsider's perspective of these are stories that should be shared with the world. And so I started by sharing my own and little bits of it. um, And then wanting to share other people's. There's, like I said, there's so many great stories out there. And that's kind of what led to Companion Pass is that I have stories, but I can also only tell about the rodeo world from my perspective. And every perspective of every different person in it is going to be a little bit different. And so I just wanted to create a place where other women living in it in different ways could share what they thought or their experiences or their funniest stories or hard stories or whatever they may be. Yeah, and I think that the, it's so wonderful. And one of the things that I think really drew me to you is I sort of have a passion for like bridging, you know, that gap between like super urban and and rural in the rodeo world. Because like you, I sort of yeah. grew, up, I grew up rodeoing. You know, my family still runs a ranch, but I live in a major city, and I, you know, I, I've traveled all over, and I've lived in New York and all of these places, and that's what I love about you. You know, you're, you're cowgirl all the way, but you have this beautiful way of connecting people who don't know anything about that way of life. And that's what I really love. And one of the things that I'm also a big fan of, which I know you are as well is fashion and you yes. for a woman, for a woman who's never eaten a salad in her life, 
I mean, pull off fashion very well, my friend. So talk to me a little. Have you always been like super into fashion or is this something that sort of has evolved? For me, I feel like it's evolved. I've gotten more into it the older I've gotten. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, there's been times where it's maybe taken more of a backseat. I've always really loved it. Um, I'm an incredibly shy, kind of reserved, introverted person by nature. Uh, which is funny, Luke and I are such polar opposites in so many ways. And that's one of the ways, you know, I'm always super quiet and everything. And, and I think I found um, when I was really young, that fashion and creating was kind of a way that I could express myself when I maybe didn't feel comfortable talking or sharing in those ways. And so I've always kind of, I've always really been drawn to it. And then, like I said, there's you, you go through different parts of your life and and at some points, you know, when I was rodeoing full-time professionally, that was my just sole focus. Uh, obviously, fashion was not as big a part then, but it's definitely always been a part of me. And then kind of like you said, I feel like um, maybe women in general or just people in general, you tend to kind of either put yourself in boxes or be put in boxes to be labeled. And Sometimes I think, you know, you feel like you're not cowgirl enough. Like if you're into fashion and it's more, I don't know, I don't want to use the word mainstream fashion, but I don't know another word for it, but you know that you're not cowgirl enough or then for that mainstream fashion, you know, you're too cowgirl. And so I think I spent some years kind of trying to find my footing on feeling like I needed to pick one or the other instead of just embracing who I was, which is both things, you know, really fully and simultaneously and that they can live in this world. And so I found when I stopped trying to either put myself in one camp or the other, that things kind of really naturally melded together for me. And it felt um, really freeing. And now I feel like I can equally embrace those things. You know, I, own a business that's a women's clothing store and I can go there and sell great clothes and you know go down to a place like LA where I do my buying and be immersed in that and then come home and go outside and ride with my boys or you know work the shoots for them while they're roping and and that's equally me and one doesn't diminish the other. Oh my goodness, you said everything that I have spent, oh, I don't know, five years trying to figure out how to, how to express, literally, uh, you know, in, in a minute. I think that is so wonderful. You know, I have really struggled with that as well. Um, the whole be a cowgirl, but don't be too cowgirl. But mm, you live in a city and you went to New York Fashion Week, you're not really cowgirl. Yeah. And I think that yeah. women like you and I, and, and there are so many other women out there who, who feel this way as well, I think that we're really important to the Western industry because I think that someone like you has such a, a wonderful ability to streamline that and really, you know, bring the, bring the LA into the Western world and sort of show them what we're doing. And, and I think that that's just so important. And so I'm just, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for what you are doing. Well, yeah, I think it's just really important that we all kind of, I keep going back to women and I don't think it has to be exclusive to girls or women. It's obviously just what I can identify with the most being one myself, but that, you know, I wish that I had known when I was younger that I don't have to look outwardly 
um, like anyone expects a cowgirl to look. It doesn't, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't change that I am one, you know, you have to be really confident in who you are. And that's the same as, you know, being a mother and being someone who has a career, you don't have to look like somebody else's expectation of you in order to fill that role in an amazing and meaningful way that you are really contributing to, to whatever roles it is that you're trying to balance. Because I think that we're all just trying to balance, you know, we all wear a different, we all wear a lot of different hats and, um, you know, literally and figuratively, but <laughs> I think it's that idea that you can kind of have it all it's if it's really what you want. You don't have to just be one thing in order to be great at something. Oh, so, so well said, so well said. And I want to real quick ask you a little bit about your shop because you do have this, this clothing store shop favor. Um, FYI, I've got my eye on a pair of socks that I, I, I saw these socks <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, she's my type of people. And I think I saw on Instagram, I'm not going to even say it out loud because I don't want the people to buy them if they're the last pair because I'm going to order them first. But if you're listening, check out Lindsay shop. But Lindsay, I want to talk to you. What can people, what can we do for you right now as a, as a community, whether, you know, I've got cowgirls listening or, or, you know, people outside of, of the industry, because you're one of the, you know, the, the small business owners that we are so um, concerned about and, and talking about right now with this, this season. I just want to know how is everything going and what can we do? Obviously we can shop at your store, which I'll, I've got a new pair of socks coming my way, but like, what, what can we do to, to help and support, you know, small business owners like you right now? You know, I think that's, I, I really appreciate that question. Even just people asking things like that to me means a lot. Um, you know, I know that we're all feeling uh, a little bit nervous financially, whether that is you're a business owner yourself or you're just someone who's, you know, worried about how this is all going to affect us. I think even the little things that we all kind of see circulated on social media, you know, you, you like somebody's Instagram posts, or you comment on them, or you share them, you know, those things that don't cost anyone anything. But um, if I'm being honest, the thing that means the most to me is just the messages or texts or, you know, it, the people reaching out that are kind of saying like, I'm in your corner. How are you doing? Or share some positivity because I think right now, uh, whether it's have, having to do with supporting somebody's business or not, I think we all just need to find ways to lift each other up. It's a really scary time. And I know that we all handle that really differently. But if you can find ways to bring positivity or a smile or a little bit of joy in whatever way you can do because that's something that we are all so capable of and I feel like I get a little preachy and get up on my soapbox but I just feel like there is never too much kindness and there are so many people out there that are deserving of it and I feel like I receive so much of it across, you know, a, a lot of it through social media and a lot of times people that I have never met or may never met that really take time out of their day to build me up or to encourage me or to say something nice to me. And 
I have a great family support system, but there's never too much of that. You know, it's like it puts a smile on my face. It makes it a little bit easier to go out there and face the hard things that are in the world when you know that you've got some people kind of cheering you on. And I want to be a cheerleader to other women. I want to be a cheerleader to other rodeo wives. I want to be a cheerleader to other people out there, you know, to my kids, to my husband. And, and I think that it's this trickle down effect that when you give it to somebody else, it really helps them to pass that along. So I think that business related or not, if we're just out there kind of trying to root for other people, um, that really goes a long way and it shouldn't be underestimated. Oh, yes. And it, you know, writing your bio that I have in front of me that I'm sure you wrote long before this all happened, you say, please, <laughs> thank you, I love you, are, you know, three phrases that you think can never be said too often. And I think, my gosh, if ever there was a time for us to say, please, and thank you, and I love you, I think now people need to hear it more than ever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's even... Those are things that I try to really instill in our kids. You know, Luke and I, it's important to us that they have manners, that they're polite. It becomes a little bit um, of a dying breed. I think sometimes, you know, cowboys out there in their chivalry and their manners. And so we try to make sure that our kids know how important it is. And that's kind of where that was born from. I think that you just can't tell people how you feel um, too much, you know, give them some positivity. But yeah, I think now it just even uh, puts kind of re helps to me to refocus that we should all be doing more of that. Oh, so good. Lindsay, a couple of things before I let you go. First, I have to ask, are there still underwear on your chandelier? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I laughed. I saw that on your Instagram and I laughed and I laughed. So real quickly, I don't even know how the underwear got there, quite frankly, but I just saw, I thought she has underwear on her chandelier. I like her. I do. It is so funny is that what happened was, if you have time for this story, yes, um, Luke is like this eternal prankster. He's like got Peter Pan syndrome to the nth degree. <laughs> he will never grow up. And I hate to have to admit this, but I do love him for those things. <laughs> but before he left this January to go rodeoing, he took a pair of my underwear, which I would like to make sure everyone knows that we're clean underwear. And threw them up on the top of the chandelier, which is, you know, like 12 feet in the air, and I cannot get them down. Um, so he left them up there and then hit the road, and they are still up there. It's a pair of blue underwear, and I casually mentioned it in one of my Instagram stories because they were right behind me. And now there's like everybody's kind of on panty watch. I get DMs <laughs> all the time like, please tell me the underwear is still there, or I didn't see them, or are the underwear still up? And so they they kind of have a life of their own, their own fan club, and they are there. I am looking at them currently. <laughs> Panty Watch with Lindsay Brancrino. Yeah. We have a new, a new series. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Okay, and I know this may be a hard maybe not a hard one to ask, I don't, a question to answer, I don't know. Dolly Parton, what, what is your favorite Dolly song? Do you have a favorite? Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like you have to give me a subcategory of favorite Dolly song. Um, I don't know if I do have a favorite. I really love Here You Come Again. Um, 
oh, I love Islands in the Stream. Oh, I could, I, we would be here all day I if I listed my favorite. Okay, well, let me um, ask you, what do you love about Dolly? Because I, I read it in your bio, but I had, I've seen <laughs> on social media that you all, was she reading? Did you, did you make the family watch um, Dolly read? Yes, and our youngest son, Bear, loved it. He kept asking me um, to play it again. And then he's like, when's that lady going to read to me? I'm like, honey, that lady, that lady um, is our queen. You need to show her proper respect. Um, so I, um, Dolly Parton, my obsession began when I was probably five or six. And oh. my dad took my sister and I to buy our first cassette tape. Oh my gosh, I'm totally dating myself. Um, and we could pick out anything. And I, by the grace of God, picked Dolly and it was her greatest hits album. And I listened to that thing like solid for years and had my obsession. I dressed up like her for Halloween when I was maybe six and I had my dad's tube socks in oh, my dress. No. Oh no. Um, and it was, I mean, the, the obsession just, it, it took off from there. So uh, about four years ago, Luke won husband of the century and he got me a meet and greet with the dolly you got to meet dolly we held hands we <gasps> shared a moment <laughs> i have goosebumps it was yeah so and i feel like if you spend 30 years like idolizing somebody in your head i went into this meeting knowing like you know you really put her on this pedestal this time don't be disappointed and i would like the world to know firsthand that she is even more glorious in person than I ever could have imagined. She is an angel. She was so sweet. She had, even her hands had glitter on them. <laughs> of course. Yes. And then we watched her concert. She was incredible. She played like 10 instruments on stage. She marched around, owned it. It was like the highlight of my life. Don't tell Luke or my kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I feel like Dolly, like, so my idol, my like person is Cher, but I feel like, mm -hmm. like Dolly and Cher, like those type of women, I love women like that because like, they just don't give a shit. Like they don't, they are a hundred percent themselves. Yes. They are true to themselves. Okay. Is Dolly, is she teensy tiny in real life? Cause she looks, li she's little, right? Um, she is tiny. I am not a tall person. I'm five, five. And when I met her, she had on the tallest high heels I've ever seen in my life. They were full on like six to seven inch platform heels. Um, and I was still taller than she was. She's tiny. Her waist was like the size of my forearm. She was so oh. little oh. and so wonderful and had the biggest hair and eyelashes I've ever seen. And I told her, I walked up to her and I said, Dolly, I love you so much. And she said, oh, I love you too. And I just knew it. And then I said, I dressed up like you for Halloween. And she said, oh, well, that's a really easy Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, oh, I just, I literally have goosebumps. I'm just so happy. Like, we don't even, we've never met in real life. And I'm so happy. I'm like, I am so happy you. I'm so glad that that happened for you. Oh, what a cool story. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I won't take up any more of your time. I know you've got the boys at home and I'm sure that you're very busy, but Thank you so much uh, for what you do and, and just being such a champion of women, especially in the Western industry. I'm so thankful um, for that. And for everyone listening, I will 
I will put Lindsay's website, her Instagram, all the things so that you can follow her. But thank you so much uh, for joining, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. And I would likewise like to thank you for what you are doing for the Western industry and for cowgirls and our problems. I love it all. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs>